Inside the Coach's Headset, presented by Tony Smith, your hometown shelter insurance agent. Call Tony at 528-7079. 528-7079. The X's and O's of coaching from the Upper Cumberland's best as we go Inside the Coach's Headset. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us once again here on Inside the Coach's Headset, brought to you by Tony Smith, your hometown shelter insurance agent. Call Tony at 528-7079 for all your insurance needs. Hey, I'm your host, Amos Rogan. Thanks so much for listening uh, to Inside the Coach's Headset right here on ucsportsnation.com, your one-stop shop for everything high school sports here in the Upper Cumberland. And we've got a great guest with us today. Uh, he is the head coach of the Cookville Lady Cavs softball team, head coach Jordan Webb. Coach, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Amos. Uh, you know, softball is something that I, I – baseball is is a sport that I grew up loving. Uh, softball is a sport that I evolved into basically because my, my daughter played it. And uh, – I've done a little bit of coaching, not on the high school level, but I've done a little bit of coaching on the travel ball side and certainly the little league side. Tell us how you got into the sport yourself. Well, I'm uh, very similar to you in that regard. Um, I grew up a baseball guy myself and, uh, you know, played in high school and, and had the opportunity to play in college and uh, ended up meeting my wife in college. She played college softball and then migrated out to Tennessee a few years after being married and got into teaching. And then, you know, the opportunity to coach, obviously, when you're a PE teacher is, uh, you know, is usually one of the requirements. And so coached football, middle school football for a couple of years as an assistant and didn't know a whole lot about it. And when I got the chance to come to Cookville High School, um, help out with the softball team and, and take on that role was available. So um, I took it and, you know, it's uh, it's been a, a great adventure for me and a, and a nice change. And, you know, I really uh, have really learned to love the sport um, over the years, you know, especially especially just some differences between baseball and softball I've really come to like. And a lot of people think, well, you know, both of them play on a diamond, both, you know, similar looking fields, things of that nature. It's really vastly different uh, in a lot of ways and not just, you know, boys play baseball, girls play softball um, in in a lot of ways in terms of strategy and and, and, uh, just overall makeup of the game. uh, It's in a lot of cases daylight and dark. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I'd agree 100%. Um, early on in my coaching uh, career here at Cookville, you know, I coached it very much the way that I was brought up playing baseball. Um, you know, I did not get into the strategy, and, and I probably still don't now as much as I probably could or should. Um you know, but there's so many little differences from the start of the game to the end, um, based on the speed of play and based on, um, you know, pitchers can can throw multiple games, multiple innings, and they generally can last, you know, all innings of the game. And then you've got 
the DP or the flex position, which is different. And, you know, and then you start throwing in bunting and running or slapping scenarios, and, and it makes a world of a difference um, both offensively and defensively. Yeah, and just defensive positioning, especially on the third base side, you know, or left side of the field, you know, that's that's where even though in baseball you got to have some big arms over there, the, the reaction time for two reasons, they're closer, but there's no grass in the infield in softball, and that ball is reacting significantly quicker, hotter, whatever you want to call it, uh, to where that third baseman's got to got to react very quickly to the reaction of the, of the contact. Yeah, you know, and in, in in softball, I think that a third baseman is uh, is a primary position that you need to fill because of of that that reason right there. Um, and that's actually one of the reasons I really enjoy the game is the speed from contact until the play is made is so much faster. The pl- every play develops so much quicker, and um, you need somebody over there that can handle a ball coming at them really, really quick and. Um, you know, and then you also need somebody that can obviously field some bunts, but also move in their position during different situations like slapping possibilities or, um, you know, I mean, baseball, it's usually a, the person's going to hit or they're going to maybe move a runner with a sacrifice bunt. But in softball, you know, you usually have one or two players on the other side that can do multiple mm-hmm. things in any situation. And so, um, yeah, I really enjoy how fast the play develops and, you know, it's into the player's glove really quickly. And, you know, the transition time to throw the ball to, let's say, first base is, you know, is quick too. They've got to get rid of it quick and the throws are snappy and fast and, um you know, and that and that happens at every position. But yeah, that's one of the things that I really enjoy about it for sure. Well, let's talk some about you know how you kind of evolved uh, your strategy in softball, being a baseball player, and, and getting into the game. Uh, probably so much voluntarily, but involuntarily with your with your wife being a, a former player herself. Uh, where where has some of the influence that you have had uh, being around the game kind of how how has that formed your strategy and, and who who were they? Well, you know, in terms of the game of softball, I didn't have a whole lot of uh, mentorship early on. You know, I mean, I would watch from the sidelines growing up. Um, we had men's softball or men's fast pitch where I grew up. So I would, I would go to the field and my dad was an umpire. So I would watch, you know, men's fast pitch as a kid. And, um, you know, that was kind of my first introduction to the game. And then, you know, getting a chance to watch my wife whenever I wasn't on the field myself, um, and see how the division one softball game goes And then at that point, since I was a little bit older, I would kind of watch her coaches a little bit and different strategies, I guess, more than anything, you know, where they positioned players and how that was different from, from my team and and baseball itself. Um, You know, once I got into actually teaching and coaching over the last nine years, I've really just come to watch the other coaches that I'm playing against to tell you the truth, um, whether it be coaches in our district or coaches in our region, 
every time we play somebody, I kind of keep an eye on the other team's coach and I watch what they do, especially if they're a good quality team. Um, you know, if they're dominant in their district or if they're consistently moving past region play or going to the state tournament. And I really just try and uh, emulate what they do with their teams and, and try and bring that into my program here. Well, you know, you know, yeah, and Cookville and Cookville softball in itself, a lot of people may not realize, but there's there's a there's a winning tradition there, and uh, be, me being a a uh, former parent of a White County player, uh, I, I've seen your teams quite a quite a bit over the years, and uh, you know, one thing that is always synonymous with. Uh, Cookville softball is some pretty solid pitching and uh, you know just being able to pick up in and around and, and take over a program like that what, what was your what was your primary goal stepping into the head coaching role and trying to continue on uh, that winning tradition there in Cookville well you know I, I knew coming into the position about the winning tradition because my wife uh, in high school played for Coach Duff and uh, so I knew all about Coach Duff and how Cookville High School softball went and, and, you know, what the expectations were and how a quality program it was. And then even prior to taking over the position, I was neighbors with, with Ralph Jackson, who has been around the Upper Cumberland softball scene for decades. Oh, yeah. And Ralph actually helped me. He was my pitching coach for the first four or five years that I coached here. And so with him being my neighbor and then um, him coaching my wife, you know, years ago in middle school and then him helping me coach, you know, I, I knew what to expect and I knew what the, what the traditions were and what the culture was. Um, I think that early on my main goal was to create – create an environment that players wanted to be here and they wanted to play for this team and, and for our school and create a positive environment where once they graduated and they left, whether they moved on to play collegiately or not, they had some positive uh, memories of playing here at the school. And so I really try and I try and keep things very positive, very light, um, I want them to enjoy themselves, but they understand that when it's time to work, it's time to work, and when it's time to compete, it's time to compete. So those were those were some of my initial goals was just to kind of create that environment where them coming in, that they weren't scared to make mistakes, they weren't playing uptight, they weren't um, trying to do things that they weren't capable of doing, but at the same time, um, have some fun, and when it's time to get down to business, let's do it. And, you know, softball, as well as baseball, uh, a lot of people underestimate the mental game and the mental strategy that a player has to have in playing softball and understanding the different scenarios, the different situations that might be going on. Ball's not even in, you know, in play yet, yet these players need to know where they're going to go before they even get the ball. Uh, with 
girls versus boys. Um, I, I know from my personal experience uh, the confidence level individually as well as them being able to rely on each other as a group is so much more important in the overall success of a team and in, in an individual game than it necessarily is uh, from the boys' side. It, it, there, there's more of that going on on the girls than there is the boys and personally i i love that i I think that's that's essential um how have you been able to kind of adapt your game uh because kind of stepping in from the from the way that you did how how have you been able to kind of adapt in order to kind of get a little bit more of that flavor into your program well you know those are those are some aspects that I drastically underestimated before I ever coached girls in particular. Um, you know, because usually girls get the rap of maybe not being quite as competitive or maybe not being quite as, as tough as boys or not being as serious as boys. And I learned really quickly that that, that wasn't the case. Oh, yeah. And, um, and actually, that was probably one of the first things where it was a turning point for me of, wow, this is, I enjoy coaching females. I enjoy coaching girls because they are very competitive and they are very cerebral. And then at the same time, they need that positive culture um, in order to play well. And, you know, so I think that my first couple of years, it was obviously a learning curve with that stuff. But once, and I was told by a lot of people that, you know, the girls will need to be in a positive mindset. They'll need to have built some confidence. Um, they'll need to play together as a team in order for them to be successful, more, more so than boys. And so once I was told that, and then once I learned that, um, I've really just tried to focus on that year in and year out. A lot of team unity stuff. Um, we spend, we don't, we don't spend a whole lot of time together in the off season in the fall, but once, once middle of January gets here, we're doing some conditioning stuff. And then we spend a lot of time with each other from, you know, beginning of February on. We, we do a couple road trips where we, we stay in the hotel for a few nights and they get to hang out with each other and um, hang out in each other's hotel rooms and stuff like that. So that creates a, a good bonding experience for them. Um, and then I really just try and focus on, on a daily basis about them picking each other up and being there for each other. And, you know, if it's not one person performing, then it needs to be somebody else because that's the only way our team will be successful. We're talking with the head coach of the Cookville High School Lady Cab softball team, head coach Jordan Webb, uh, right here on Inside the Coach's Headset on ucsportsnation.com. Coach, you know, you said that your team doesn't do a tremendous amount of, of stuff in the off season, but, you know, being – being together is one is is one thing that you have to have. How much do you encourage your players, in particular, uh, to get into that travel ball area of you know sharp, you know staying sharp? Uh, the way the game is involved uh, evolved now, uh, in order to really be successful as an individual and and as a team, you almost have to look at it as a as a year round sport. Well, I, I do think that that's an important part, especially if they have aspirations of playing college ball. Um, I do think that 
playing more outside of just the high school season because it's a pretty short window. Um, you know, it's a lot of games jam-packed into about an eight-week to nine-week season. So I do think that that's, that's important for them if, if they're going to continue. Um, I wouldn't say, though, that I'm – I'm in the boat of pushing travel ball or I'm in the uh, in the camp of, of year-round sports. I personally don't agree with that and don't believe that. I actually think it's, it's kind of the opposite. Um, you know, I grew up being a three-sport kid myself. I played ice hockey in the, in the winter times and I played boys volleyball. We had that all the way up through high school. And then I played baseball spring till fall. Um, and for me, the way I grew up, it was when that sport was done, you moved on to the next one. And I think that what, what that does is it gives you a refresher for uh, during the off season to kind of get away from that sport and give it a break and rest those specific muscles and joints that you've been using for, for a long period of time. And I also think it makes you as a human or kids as athletes better all-around athletes. So... Um, you know, if they're going to play travel ball, I'm very supportive, of course. And, you know, I, I want them to do that if that's what they want to do. But, you know, I've never told a player that, you know, hey, you need to play travel ball. Um, I really encourage my players to play other sports. If they can play volleyball here at school and basketball here at school, I'm all for that. Um, in fact, you know, one of the best players I've coached, um, Heidi Smith, who is finishing up at Bryan College, mm-hmm. she didn't she didn't come to to practice because of basketball until two weeks after we had already started. And I kept telling her, I'm like, you just stick with basketball. I don't need to see you because when you come over to softball, it's literally going to be you know a one to two week turnaround until you're you're completely game ready. You know, I mean, she physically she was already game ready. She just needed to get more reps in the cage and, and get some more ground ball reps and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I do think travel ball is an important thing, but I, I do feel that if a player can also get away from the sport a little bit, and I think that that's why I've tailored my off season, my fall, fall workouts and stuff like that to uh, be be less strenuous and less time consuming so they can actually you know be young and and enjoy high school and enjoy other sports or their friends or some of them have to get a job or whatnot um, but with that being said if you're gonna if you're gonna promote that avenue then when they come to softball in the new year and we're on the field second week in February then it's it's all the chips have got to be in at that point in time. There's no, there's no messing around. There's no, you can't be committed because you haven't been doing anything prior to that to improve your game. Mm -hmm. Um, I do find that uh, usually the, the better players, the ones that are more invested in the sport and the ones that have the aspirations of being better players or maybe moving on to college, they're not only playing another sport possibly, but they're also getting in their softball work 
you know, they're going to the cage once or twice a week on their own and, and they're getting some throwing in or taking some ground ball practice when they can, you know, and they're mixing travel ball in as well around all that other stuff. So, um, honestly, I haven't had any issues or problems with with that whole dynamic up until this point. That's that's great. You know, uh, one thing that I wanted to ask you is, is, is because of Cookville being – uh, such a uh, it's a very large school and uh the sport of softball in itself has become increasingly more popular you know the ncaa uh, softball and just the whole uh college softball world series that they do is is incredible some of the best in my personal opinion and i know i'm biased but to me that's some of the best sports tv that you can watch is that whole tournament in oklahoma is it's it's great to great to watch but i think it's really grown the popularity it's back in the olympics in, in this year uh in tokyo which you know softball hasn't been in, in quite a while and just you know the, the popularity of the university of tennessee's program with monica abbott coming through that and being a very popular player in her in her own right how have you seen in in your time coaching in softball have you seen the popularity of the sporting in more kids wanting to play it because I've noticed you're you can field the varsity and the JV team pretty easily uh, separately and work with those work with those girls separately in a JV and varsity type of aspect rather than just having one team that plays both. Um, yeah, for sure. Especially early on, a handful of years ago, I saw an influx of players. Um, the popularity was growing, and I would have anywhere from 15 to almost 30 brand new players come to tryouts. And I never wanted to turn turn them away if I could avoid it. So I've always had a, a very big roster. You know, for a few years there, I was even – had close to 30 players and I would like you said I would field a full varsity team and a full JV team um I've have noticed though the last couple of years that numbers have dwindled just a little bit which has kind of been a surprise um and I think part of that is is maybe at the younger levels somewhere around my daughter's age she's 10 um up until let's say about 13 there's not many opportunities around here other than travel ball situations for you know some exposure to the sport um you know uh, from what i hear there used to be a young girls league here in town and and then they kind of tried to keep it going and it really hasn't evolved much more the last you know five to ten years i guess um you know but I do think that the popularity is there. You, you just have to figure out a way once these girls come through middle school and to, to get them interested to come to the high school. I, I think that a lot of them, they get worried that maybe they're not good enough or they get, uh, maybe they got burnt out a little bit so they don't want to put in that time and that effort that they think is required or um, so I have found that if I can kind of communicate with them a little bit and maybe chat with them here and there and or through word of mouth that they find out that it's not not quite the same situation that maybe they had heard if I can just kind of get them in the door and on the field with me more often than not they're going to stay um, I usually don't lose a whole lot of players once they're here which is um, 
you know, I think that's a good thing because then, you know, then they're out there and they realize that, hey, this is pretty fun and I'm out here with my friends and it's it's not um, it's not going to be maybe as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, I do I do wish that the coaches uh, around would, you know, would say, hey, whether you're a starter at the middle school level or not, like you need to go try out for the high school and just see what you got and see, you know, maybe he'll keep you, maybe he won't or, you know, that sort of thing. So um, I think this year what I'm going to try and do to, to kind of up – some interest a little bit is I'm going to try and reach out to the middle school teams around here a little bit more. Um, I've seen the all good team because my daughter's on there. You know, I need to go see Prescott and Avery Trace and, and just let those players know that, Hey, you know, if you're playing at middle school, you, you need to come try out for the high school and you need to come play at the high school. Cause we need as many players as we got. And, you know, I like fielding a big team, you know, a JV and a varsity team, and I want us to play as much as we can and and get as you know get get as best as we can on the field. So by the time you're a junior or senior, you know, you're reaping the benefits of of all of that playing time and practice time. And I was actually going to ask you about that because you know. Uh, you're in somewhat of a, a, a special situation where you've got three middle schools that are that are feeding Cookville High School and, and potential players. And, you know, me being an umpire myself uh, for TSSAA and softball, I get to see middle school and high school softball. And, and you know, you've got something that, that might be coming to you at Prescott South. You've got, you know, you've seen the all-good team. Avery Trace is right. getting better. Uh, you know, those are feeder opportunities. And, and uh, I know in White County, they only have one middle school that feeds one high school. Uh, that mentality is there is, hey, I, I want to get on the middle school team so I can get on the high school team. And, and right. you know, some of these, you know, your situation, obviously different. Uh, you've got more to choose from, which is a good thing. But also there's in a lot of cases, it could be more opportunity as well. Yeah, you know, and that and that's uh that's the great thing too and and it's very hard because our seasons are are at the exact same time. So it's always been hard to, you know, get away from my practices or my games and get over to see them unless they're at a tournament close by or if we're in town and they're in town kind of thing. Um you know, so there's definitely opportunity there. There's a lot more kids than let's say White County or um one of the other districts around that only have one or two middle schools you know we've got three to choose from um and but like i said i think then what happens also is those players say they may see us play or they may see high schoolers play and they're like well you know i'm middle of the road at whatever middle school and i'm not a starter so i don't even have a shot at the high school level and you know, I mean, that's just not the truth. If you continue to get better and you continue to work, then anybody can improve. And I mean, some kids are just a little bit of late bloomers, you know, sometimes they don't mm-hmm. come on until they're a, an 11th grader or 12th grader sure. even. So, um, you know, I really want to want to promote that better than I have and, and try and create over the next couple of years, more of a, that in town, um, you know, that they want to come to, you know, whether it be us or Upper Mint or Monterey, but they want to strive to play at that next level, you know, because kids just playing a sport and then they get to the high school and they just quit. 
um, you know, or they think that they're never going to have the chance anyways. I mean, that's a sad situation. I mean, yeah. if they, you know, if, if they were to just keep on working and keep on getting better, I mean, I think that there'd be a lot of opportunity for those those players. Well, you know, talking about your district and your region, uh, you're in a pretty competitive district uh, with uh, Warren County and Ray County uh, being in there as well. That that seem to be always uh, quite competitive. Uh, uh, White County getting better every year. Um, just knowing what I know, we're not there yet. But hey, it, it's it's getting better, and, and the competition is coming up. And, and Stone Memorial can sometimes surprise you as well when it comes to their softball program as well. But then when you get out of that and get into the regional, now you're dealing with the Chattanooga teams, where it seems like that Chattanooga area and just you know northern Georgia is a hotbed of high school softball. And I know we don't play northern Georgia teams, but just overall, the presence of, of of competitive softball seems to be very, very present in that area. Uh, how do you prepare your players and, and get them ready for what, what is a, a, a pretty quick sprint, but it's a tough one as well? Yeah, you know, it is an extremely competitive district. Those teams you mentioned, you know, Warren County, Ray County, White County, I mean, they – they give us our run for for our money every year and every game, and even Stone Memorial, you can't you can't back off because they can snake bite you if you're not if you're not on and you're not focused. Um, yeah, those Chattanooga teams as well are are phenomenal. They they play really really tough. Um, I think what I've tried to do is prepare my players mentally that um, you know that we are. We're Cookville, and so because we are one of the biggest schools around, and because for traditionally for the last eight or nine years since you know since I took over, we've always been one or two in the district. So I feel like the other teams usually have their eye on us, and so that gives us motivation to not slack off, and that we need to work harder because those teams are going to work even harder to when when they play us and so we need to be on our game and we need to be prepared fully and we need to be ready to go at any situation um you know and then i i really just try and even on the grander scheme than that on the bigger picture i just want them to be really competitive i want them to be tough mentally and and anybody would play you know and it doesn't matter if you're playing a team that's you know zero and fifteen, or you're playing a, a team that's won every single game. You know you should have the focus that we need to do what we're capable of. We need to play to the level that we're capable of, and um, so I really try and kind of push that that aspect that we need to be ready every single game. Why? Because it'll make us a better team, and in the end, we'll be where we want to be. And we hopefully we will achieve our goals that we set out at the start of each season. Um, you know, and if you want to, if you want to be the best, you got to play the best. And if you want to, if you want to be the best in the state or make it to the state championship or even make it to region play, you got to be a really good team, which means you're going to need to play well against whoever you come up against. Um, I think that that competitiveness, I think that that mental toughness is is very understated. I think a lot of 
a lot of coaches and a lot of teams focus so much on technique and on repetition and on um, getting your swings in and the stuff that happens on the field. But I, I really think that a huge part of the game is just mental and kind of like we talked about earlier, that confidence, that team unity, and just being mentally tough. Um, a little story for you. One of my first years coaching, and this may, this may be because I grew up in West Coast Canada and we had to play through rain and sleet and anything that was thrown at us. Well, our first game of the year, it starts snowing. And all of the players wanted to go out in the field and put their jackets on or a hoodie on. And, of course, the other team we were playing against did the same thing, but I wouldn't let my players. I was like, no, we're, you're here to play, so you're going to wear your jersey and long sleeves, and you're going to be fine, And but you need to be tougher than the snow that's coming down, and you need to be tougher than the cold weather. And, you know, I, I just wanted to instill in them that if you want to be competitive at whatever level it is, and any sport there is, or if you want to be good at something in this world, you're going to have to be tough and you're going to have to um, dig in when it's time to dig in. Words to live by, even off the field. I, I really uh, I totally agree with that and, and appreciate you saying that. Coach, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Um, it's been really fun talking to you, especially, you know, softball, like I said, is, is near and dear to my heart. Uh, you've been listening to Inside the Coach's Headset. I'm your host, Amos Rogan, and you are listening to Inside the Coach's Headset podcast on ucsportsnation.com. And we're brought to you by Tony. Tony Smith, your hometown shelter insurance agent. Go see Tony at 425 East Broad Street right here in Cookville or give him a call at 528-7079. Coach, thanks very much. Thanks for joining us. Good luck on the season, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Samus, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Inside the Coach's Headset, presented by Tony Smith, your hometown shelter insurance agent. Call Tony at 528-7079. 528-7079. The X's and O's of coaching from the Upper Cumberland's best as we go inside the Coach's Headset.